This episode of the Bucktails podcast is presented by Pistol Creek for those who enjoy the journey as much as the destination. Thank you for listening. Pick his head up. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. (laughs) Good deer, babe. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bucktails podcast. This is your host, Eli Self. I'm here today with Chris Scheip. He's another teacher at North Hall, so we're doing kind of a tour of North Hall High School here. Uh, he's how long have you worked here? Uh, this is my fifth year. Fifth year. I've been. This is my seventh year, so I was here a couple years before him. But he is now the head boys soccer coach. Um, teaches in the science department alongside me and a few others. But uh, ever since he started teaching here, we've always shared hunting stories. Uh, he hunts in is it Washington County? Is that right? Hancock. Hancock County. Hancock County. I'm in a Wilkes, so we're not too far away, really, uh, from each other. Still, you know, kind of central Georgia, South Georgia area. Um, so we've always talked about hunting at our hunting clubs or at our hunting land. And um, so that's kind of how I know Chris, the background there. Um, so we're going to go into a, a story that he has from a deer he killed last weekend, actually, or last week. Last week, uh, November 23rd. November 23rd. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a great buck. You'll see a picture of it. I'm sure you've probably already seen the picture if you're listening to this. But, uh, so tell me a little bit about where you're from, how you started hunting, all that fun stuff. Because I think you're from, was it Pennsylvania? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was born up in Western PA. So in a small town, um, there's probably about a thousand people in the town. Wow. You know, most of the people worked either at the school or for the gas company or the forest company, gotcha. you know, uh, but hunting was really big up there, hunting and fishing. You know, you think about Western PA, yeah. you know, big bucks, big woods, you yeah. know. Um, so I grew up around it. My dad hunted, uh, not so much for trophies, but just, you know, for me for the winter, you know? So, um, most of the people up there, uh, would get a deer or two, you know, to pass some meat through the winter. But, you know, to be quite honest with you, I only went like once or twice with them when I was younger. Gotcha. Um, so I didn't really get into hunting until after I got married. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Uh, I had Andre on here earlier in the year, and he said he really started hunting when he got to college. And that's I've I've been lucky because I've hunted. I remember taking naps in the bottom of a box blind when I was three or four. You know, right? Killed my first year when I was probably I think it was eight. Yeah. Um, so hunted my entire life. My dad he hunted with my dad, mom, family. My grandpa's hunted um, things like that. But, but my dad had kind of the same story. He hunted growing up, but his dad wrote, would really only hunt on Thanksgiving Day, and otherwise. You know, his my grandfather on my dad's side was just a hard worker. He wanted if it was daylight was burning, he was outside working somewhere. So he didn't really take much time to go on hunting trips or hunting, really. So okay, so it's kind of kind of kind of funny there. Same idea as you not not really hunting with your parents a whole lot growing up, but uh, so uh, I guess what brought you to Georgia? I, I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, we moved to Georgia in '85, and pretty much the town that I was living in, uh, my dad was a carpenter. Um, the glass plant that kind of supported the town shut down. So, um, work just, it got hard to work, you know? So, um, we, we tried to stay, you know, my dad built a house up there. We had some nice land and, you know, it was a great place to grow up surrounded by family. I had aunts and uncles, you know, I couldn't walk to school without passing two or three people I was related to his house, you know? So, uh, it was, you know, great place to grow up, but yeah, work just dried up. Uh, I had an uncle that actually moved down to Atlanta 
uh, and he got a job at a glass plant down here, and uh, he kind of said, hey, you know, there's plenty of work down here. So, you know, 85, my dad, my dad came down first. He worked for a couple months, got us a house, saved up, and then drove up with a rider truck, and we all loaded in the front wow, of it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Well, cool. Well, uh, so did you, when did you start hunting? You said you started hunting really in adulthood. Uh, and what, like, did, were you on public land? Were you on family land? Like, where did you start uh, kind of cutting your teeth at? Well, I've always liked the outdoors. I'm, you know, I was in Boy Scouts growing up. Yep. Uh, I love camping, love hiking. Uh, never really put the two together as far as how hunting, how I would enjoy that, you know. But uh, uh, when I got married, my dad, he would always go up to Thanksgiving and hunt Thanksgiving up in Pennsylvania. And uh, it just happened that year that my mother-in-law bought about 360 acres down in Hancock County. Okay. And my wife's older brother, which is kind of like her dead father figure, because you know her dad passed when she was younger. Uh, he took me a couple times, and I loved it. And then I wanted to go with my dad, of course. I've never hadn't done that, so we went up and hunted Pennsylvania, you know, a couple times, and that's kind of how I got into it. Awesome. You know? So, and now I heard you talk about your uh, your mother-in-law's land quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it, that, that's where you killed the buck this past time, right? Yeah, that's where I killed. Okay. Yeah, this last one. Sure. Okay. So, how long have you been hunting that property now? You think? Oh man, she bought it. I think it's about fifteen years ago. Okay. Um, the first five or six years, there was nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was just doe, basket racks. That's all we were seeing, you know. So, uh, we put a management plan together. Um, tried to get. 12 to 20 does out every year uh let all those little bucks go and uh you know after about another five years or so we started getting some shooters on the property and of course they come through it's just right. uh you know it wasn't their home at that point in time what's up like it wasn't their home at that point in time like they weren't nah, they didn't have like nah, resident nah, bucks. didn't really have any yeah that we could tell anyway and of course we didn't run a lot of cameras or nothing either right. we were just Hunting trails, pretty much. Yeah. You know, find a good trail, find fresh sign. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah, it's been probably the last, what, five or ten years that cameras have really just boomed and, you mm-hmm. know, they're very affordable. I mean, they were, I remember when I was younger, we had, like, one trail cam where you had to get the, the film developed. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, it was like a big old metal box that you hung on a tree. It was, you know, a trail cam and for all intents and purposes, but, uh, sure. But, yeah, the probably old, the like old the, film camera, yeah. Yeah, like the DNR uses and stuff. Probably, probably. probably. Yeah. But yeah, now it's like if you you know you can buy a camera at Walmart for 40, 50 bucks, and they're actually decent, you know. So the the ability to see what's out there is truly. Uh, yeah, definitely. The more information you have, I mean, the yeah. better off you're going to be, I think, as yeah. far as what's what's going on on your property. Right. And then going through uh, kind of how you've developed that property, because I feel like you kind of got in on the ground level. You said you started out, there weren't many bucks, not many big bucks, and I know you you feed, you do you do protein. Yeah, I uh, just started feeding about four years ago. Okay. Um, before that, we just planted food plots. It was gotcha. just you know natural browse. So, uh, but we usually plant five to ten acres a year. Okay. Um, but the soil quality is not that great down there. So some years would be better than others. It depends on right. the rain. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it is at our <laughs> place too. San- sandy soil. Yeah. A lot of lime, a lot of nitrogen at times, mm-hmm. and once you get it right, some you know it'll produce for a few years. But then sometimes you're just like, well, it's dirt. We're not growing anything. Yep. <laughs> Don't know why, but yep. yeah, it's a little bit aggravating. So uh, and you've killed. I remember 
I don't know how many years, probably four or five years ago. It may have been your first year here. You killed a good buck down there, too. Yeah, awesome. birthday buck, yep. yeah. Killed on my 40th birthday. Gotcha. Okay, well, we'll, we'll try to post a picture of that one. I may, I may get you on here to tell that story. You can kind of give me a, a quick rundown of that one, a story of that one from five years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it was my 40th birthday. Uh, for the three years before that, I've always had a shooter buck show up on October 28th wow. on my camera at my stand. And it was my birthday. Usually I spend it with my family. Right. Uh, but this year, my 40th, I want to do something special. So um, we actually uh, signed up for the lodge. There's a lodge down there. Okay. Um, and I was having people come in from all over, friends of mine, to celebrate my birthday. But I went down early. My birthday was, uh, I think, on a Thursday. So uh, I got down there. It was kind of funny because uh, my buddy Mike from Florida came in. And Mike's a DJ, but he's also working a lot of restaurants. So he's our, our head chef. Okay. You know? So him and his girl got there. I uh, didn't get there till like midnight, you know. Um, so we stayed up talking till about two. Of course, I get up about four to hit the woods. So I didn't get much sleep. Um, so yeah, I go to the spot where I've been seeing big bucks every year for the last three years. And uh, about 7.45 in the morning, right off the bat, I look over and about 60 yards away coming down the trail was a doe. And I just thought to myself, oh, I wonder if there's a buck after her, you know, because that's what you always think. Yeah, that's what it, you hope for. It yeah. never really works out that way. But sure enough, he, he popped out. And I mean, when I looked at him, I knew I, there was no doubt he was a shooter. I mean, he looked like a, a barrel and his rack just looked too big for his head, you know. Right. So there wasn't much of a story there. I mean, I saw him yeah. and I mean, I grabbed my rifle and I was, the safety was coming off as I was. Right. Yeah, I like when you see a buck and there's like, there's no question. You're like, is it a shooter? You're like, you're like, no, no. I'm gonna if I get a shot, he's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. It, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, I know my uncle was telling me last week that he's got you know quite a few good bucks on the wall, and all but two, he was on the ground. Either he killed them on the way to the stand or on the way from the stand. It was just like or a freak. Like, right. He got I started. He got down and tried to cut him off or something like that. You know, some kind of a funny or crazy story surrounds the big buck. So. Yeah, uh, that is a. Uh, sometimes the boring stories are nice though. When it's yeah. you know, I was in the stand, he came out perfect, broadside, shot him, he died. You know that's. <laughs> it's, it's like oh, that's how I was supposed to be on TV. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, uh, yeah, everything worked out good that morning. Yeah. Sure. So uh, on the one you killed last week, what we were planning on talking about, uh, good buck was it eight pointer? What was the? Yeah, it was just a big eight pointer. Um, you know, typical eight, real, real pretty rack. Um, gonna make a really good mount, but uh, uh, had some mass. His inside was about 18 inches. I, mean, okay, I don't yeah. really score deer. Um, if I killed a big one, I might want to score it, you know. But if I can tell if it's 130, 140, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. But uh, that's what I, I'm assuming that would break one, you know, 130. Yeah, it's probably just break 130, yeah. I would think. That's what I was guessing from the picture there. But, but uh, when I put my feeder in about four years ago, there was a couple younger bucks that were showing up, and uh. He was one of them. So I've been watching him for about four years now. I know he's five. Um, this year, he he hasn't put on any more points or anything. You know, he's always going to be an eight point, and I've made up my mind. He, him and another buck were my two shooters at that set. So if either one of them showed up, I was going to take him this year. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, well take me through the, the week before, the week of, kind of the trip down. Like, just take me through that whole, like, couple of days leading up to – yeah, yeah sure. Going on. Um, you know, we just 
my mother-in-law just purchased about another 100 acres or so on the south side. Okay. Um, so to be quite honest with you, I didn't even hunt archery down there. I probably should have because I had a, another nice shooter showing up, or showing up but uh, I was just doing so much work over there. We didn't get a chance to do it last year. Um, so leading up, I didn't really have any, you know, I wasn't in the woods to really get a feel for anything, but I went out opening morning and I usually hunt up above my feeder. Uh, I kind of just want to let the deer grow at that feeder and just get big. I don't want to pressure them too much, you right. know, but then again, I've never had a shooter show up at it. So this year is the first year I had shooters show up. So I tried to move closer to it. Um, so an opening morning I was set up and I couldn't see the feeder. <laughs> the tree I picked was an wrong tree. Right. So, and there's actually a decent buck there. I don't know if I would have shot him or not that morning, but, uh, so the next set I went in, I moved trees and I think I moved my third time hunting there. I finally found the tree that I liked. Um, so that's where, you know, I was going in and it's down in a hardwood bottom and there's three sets of woods. You got the hardwoods there. Uh, you have some brush where they cut out, uh, they cut out uh, beside the SMZ, the stream management zone there. Yeah. All that's grown up. It's brushy, it's thick. Uh, and then we have planted pines that run down into that. So, okay. uh, and there's kind of a couple trails that cross there. That's a pretty good transition area. Really good transition area. Uh, that's, I mean, uh, that big, bigger buck I killed was just up the hill from there. Right. Um, so, been watching that spot. Uh, the weeks before that, he'd showed up a few times in the daylight. Um, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening. So I knew it was getting getting time to go in and, and try to get them, you know. But uh, I hunted there probably, I probably sat there 20, 25 times until it finally worked out. Wow. Until it finally showed up. So it took a while. But, it took uh, a long time. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of set up the the setting there. The You're on a transition. you got a feeder. It's been there for three or four years. And that's interesting because up at my parents' house in Lumpkin County, we have a feeder behind the house. It's the trough. And is yours a, like a gravity feeder? What kind it's of gravity, gravity feeder? Gravity feeder, okay. Yeah. Uh, we've got a trough up at my parents' house. And, you know, for the longest time, it was just does, button bucks, and spikes that would come up there. And you'd have, you know, like you said, there would be some decent bucks move through during the rut. Like up there is Thanksgiving week, usually. And um, you'd have some cruisers come through that were decent. Sure. But the residents were, you know, the yearling bucks or spikes and then does. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, three or four years of consistent, you know, foods in the trough, corns in the trough, the entire summer, you know, feeding heavily mm-hmm. for two or three years. Now, this year in the summer, we had three shooters that were showing. I mean, for Lumpkin County, nothing major, but a good eight-pointer, a good seven-pointer that my dad actually killed uh, last week, and then a decent six. You know, none of them would probably break 110 inches, but, right. you know, in between 100 and 110, you know, shooters for that property. Right. Um, but it's funny how you said it took you three or four years to get a decent buck at the feeder. Oh, yeah. And it happened the same thing. The same was that thing happened to us this year. So that's yeah. something something that I never really thought about. But, you know, I guess if they grew up there, you know, those spikes that were there three years ago are now the shooters that are showing up there. They've been doing it their whole life. You know? Yeah. And that's 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 it right there is when you get them young, you get them used to eating that feed. Yeah. And then they know it's there. If you keep it full. They're going to come back at some point. You know, yeah. And it, it takes time. It takes money and effort. But, I mean, oh, yeah. in the long run, it, it, I mean, everybody, pretty much everybody feeds now. I mean, especially during season. Not many people do, like like you and us, that they feed, you know, all year long in summertime, too. Yeah. But we do a lot of mineral lifts and things like that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, statewide. I guess it's statewide now. 
Bathing is legal because it yep. was just a southern zone. Then a few years ago, it was northern too. So mm-hmm. pretty much statewide, baiting is a thing now. That helps out a lot. But uh, so yeah. So what about the the morning of? Tell me about the or that was an afternoon. It was a morning hunt. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the week before I was down there, and he he was there twice in the evening and then the next morning. So I knew he was he was coming. You know, through there during the daytime. So I went down on a Sunday evening. I had a wedding out weekend. Uh, just to get ready to go out that Monday morning. So I went out the morning. You know, I like to get up before uh, daylight and get out. I use a climbing stand. Okay. Uh, so it takes a little time to get in. takes a little time to get up the tree and stuff. And I always like to have about an hour or so before daylight. Right. So that way things can quiet down. I can kind of, you know, get set. Uh, the bucks where I'm at, they, as soon as that sun cracks open, you know, it's, I mean, they're, they're moving. So you've got to be set and quiet when, you know, when the sun comes up. So, so I was sitting there and, uh, I saw some good movement that morning, you know, um, nothing major, a couple of smaller bucks were out cruising. I saw probably six or seven doe that morning that were down on the feeder. And, uh, about nine o'clock, a spike came in and he was, kind of just working around the feeder. He was eating and stuff and wasn't really on the feeder, but was just eating grass. And I had some minerals and stuff down there too, but I kept noticing him looking into that hardwood bottom. And where I'm at, I can't, I'm about 75 yards from there. So I can't see into the bottom, but uh, I saw him looking in there and I heard hoof fall, you know, I heard something running and it sounded heavier. It sounded like a bigger deer. And I know that might sound crazy, but it wasn't a squirrel. It was definitely, I could tell. So I hit the ground a couple times, um, waited a little bit, nothing. Hit the ground again, and went ahead and put that up. And I'm sitting there, and uh, the spike's still down there. And then all of a sudden, he just popped out. But I had cleared out everything to the left from what I was looking, because he was always coming that way. Well, this time he came from the right. (laughs) So... I didn't have hardly anything cut down in that direction. So, and when he came in, um, I guess what I'm looking at the film, the raccoons have been going through my feed and I don't know if they don't like something, but (laughs) it's like they're scooping out what they like and eating it and everything else is landing underneath the feeder. So (laughs) it's crazy. I need to do some raccoon hunting for sure. But, uh, his head, his head was down. So I couldn't really tell. I knew it was a buck, but I didn't know if it was him or not. Um, and the thing is, there's another buck that's been coming in that's got pretty much the same rack. It might even be his offspring. I don't know. But uh, he's a two-year-old, and he's right at his ears. But right. his, their racks look really similar. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to, you know, guys are going to give me crap if I shoot the wrong deer. You know, so you know how that goes. So I was real patient. There's like three trees in front of me. Um, there's some branches and stuff. Like I said, his head was down. He was eating. I was waiting for him to pick his head up. And the other thing was, is for about five minutes at that spot, the sun is just blinding because I'm facing east. Mm. So I was dealing with that, um, and then I was dealing with sun in my scope. So my scope was just whitewashed. It was hard to even see, you know, the rack. So I'm sitting there, and, you know, is this him? Is this him? I've been waiting on this deer. You know, like I said, I've sat there about 25 times. about five, six minutes go by. Every now and then I get a, get a glimpse of his antler, but I still wasn't sure, you know. A um, couple times he picked his head up, and 
and I was looking and I was like, okay, I could see his right side of his antler was past his ears. And I, was, I had to make my mind up, all right, you know, am I going to go ahead and shoot him, take the chance that it's a smaller one and, you know, uh, you know, just kind of save faith, I guess, Yeah. you know, with the fellas. But uh, I made up my mind I was going to shoot him. So uh, still didn't know if it was him or not. And like I said, the sun was blinding me. Um, I couldn't see him yet. I couldn't see any shoulder. I couldn't see his body really. He was behind trees. Uh, about seven or eight minutes after he was there, he took a step forward. And when he took a step forward, it was like, I had two trees about eight inches apart, and that front leg just lined up perfectly between those two trees. And I could see his front leg, I could see his shoulder. And uh, I just settled on him, and I squeezed the trigger. And uh, he kind of, he hit the dirt first. His front half hit the dirt. And then he got up, and he ran. But when he was running, you know, his left, I hit him in the shoulder, so his left leg was, wasn't working too well. And uh, he kind of did a button hook and came around, and I heard him crash down in the bottom. Dang. Um, but I still wasn't sure it was him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's tough sometimes when you're in the, in the thick spot like that. Like, it's a it's a blessing and a curse because uh -huh. when it's thick like that, you're hidden. You can move around. They're, they're not going to see you as easy. But at the same time, they can hide like that. You're like, I don't know what it is. You know, you yeah. can't tell. Oh, yeah. But, uh, well, it sounds like it worked out good, though. Uh Finally stepped forward and got the shot off. He said, so how far do you think he ran total? Oh, he only went probably 20 yards. Nice, perfect. Yeah, okay. So some uh, some details. You said you hunt out of a climber. Uh-huh. Uh, what kind of climber do you hunt out of? Uh, Summit. Summit. Okay, yeah. like the Summit Viper, I guess. Summit Viper, yeah. Okay. Ultimate Viper, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. I think so. That's it's comfy. Right. I can sit in it all day. Yeah, that's, climbers are awesome because you can, like you said, you, you had to move tree to tree until you finally got that perfect spot. And obviously uh -huh. it was perfect. It worked out for you. Um, right. some more little details that most people don't care about, but some people do. Are, are you a camo snob? Do you like certain kinds of camo? Do you, do you wear scent gear, scent blocker? Like, oh yeah. Since I, I usually hunt archery quite a bit, okay. so I'm scent locked out. Okay. Um, camo patterns, you know, as long as I'm blended in with the trees, it doesn't really matter to me, you know, but, uh, I usually like more of a, uh, leaf branch pattern than, you know, the military type camo, gotcha. but. Um, but yeah. Cause then I, do you still use the Ozonics? You used to... I, I do, but, uh, my battery was messed up, so I didn't have it with me that I morning. I remember you told me about Ozonics a few years yeah. ago. You were excited about getting it and trying it out. Yeah. And the okay. wind was, the wind was good that morning, gotcha. so I didn't really need it. Okay. But. Well, awesome. Well, and all, actually that story kind of reminded me of a, a morning, a bad morning I had when I was younger. I was probably high school, late high school or college about the uh the sun blinding me in the scope uh -huh. i was hunting at my grandparents house up in lumpkin and like you said I, I was sitting in a spot where the sun rises a little bit a little bit forward to my right right over top of a little mountain there and of course that's the direction that a buck comes up out of i was hunting on a big hilltop over a creek and this buck comes up the holler and hits one of those ridges and goes up to the top of this hill and he's i can see a long ways he's probably Probably pushing 70 yards from me. So a okay. decent shot in the woods. But he goes up there and gets perfectly broadside. And I can see with my naked eye, I'm like, okay, he's a shooter. I'm going to shoot that buck. I pull up in my scope. I can see nothing. Yeah. Like, absolutely nothing. So I'm like, crap. Well, there's nothing I can do at this point. So I'm trying to sit still. It's cold. I'm starting to shiver. You know, I feel like the whole stand's shaking. 
and finally the sun, you know, just take a, cu- a couple minutes to light the change. You know, gets behind right. a tree or whatever. Well, while I was waiting, stupid me breathes on my scope, and I didn't. I, 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 I was sitting there, excited, you know, and I breathe on my scope. So I pull up to see or to look at the deer, and I'm I could probably I could have probably seen, you know, based on the light, yeah, but. It was fucked up. So I'm trying to get my finger up and like wipe off my, without moving too much, wipe off my scope. Oh, you know, yeah. Just moving my finger in circles. And then I pull up and I just about get on him and he dips off the back of the hill. So he probably either heard me, saw me, smelled me, something. Yeah. So he dipped off and he was gone. I'm like, sitting there, I'm bummed out. That, that would have been my biggest buck ever at the time. And then about 45 minutes later, here comes another buck. He comes up the left ridge. So it's kind of two ridges come to a point down there at the bottom. Okay. So this this buck comes up to my left, and this the first buck was a good eight pointer. This one I think was a seven, from what I could tell. And he's you know he's not really running, just kind of cruising up through there, browsing on things as he goes. I wait on a clear shot. He gets up, probably about thirty yards from me, and stops behind a massive tree. I can see his head, and I can see his butt. <laughs> and at this point, in time doesn't he doesn't look spooked at all. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, just one step, a couple minutes, he's going to step forward, I'll, I'll blast him. You know, it'll be over. Then he's, he stands there, it seems like minutes, but it's probably, you know, 20 seconds. Okay. And he whips around and takes, he just whips around and takes off down the hill, didn't blow, didn't alert, didn't raise his tail, he just bolted out of there. So huh. only thing I can figure is my wind was terrible that day, but two bucks, one, the sun got me, and one, a tree got me. So like your story, I had you had both of those things going on with yeah. that buck, and it worked out for you. But that was a that was a rough morning. I was pretty bummed about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was uh, I was excited. I was nervous. I was trying to calm down. Just, just oh man, you know, yeah. just trying to make it happen. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because uh, I have a camera on that feeder. Okay. It takes video and it also takes a photo. So I was like, I wonder if I got kill shot on video. Um. I actually just last night started looking at the footage. Okay. <laughs> and the thing is, I have an 11 second interval on my videos. Okay. So there was a chance I, I didn't get it. Um, so I'm looking at, and it's funny you said that, because on my, on my camera, I mean, the sunlight is so bright, you can barely see the deer down there. But you see him come in, and I'm sitting there, and I'm hitting next video, next video, <laughs> next video. And like he was there for about eight minutes, eight, yeah. nine minutes. Uh, finally I get to the one and, and the next video I hit and the gunshots echoing and then it's him it's almost, going down. Almost and, uh, had the yeah, so Man. Almost had it. Just missed Close. it. But it did take a photo. Okay. Um, but the photo is kind of blacked out. But in the photo you can't see his head. His head's in the dirt. He's kicking and his tail's up. So his his butt's up in the air kicking and his tail's straight up that, and his head's in the dirt. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. so you'll have to send me that picture because I'll, I'll post that with it too. That, that's okay. awesome. Uh, on that note, there's a video camera or a, a trail camera that I got at our hunting club. It's, uh, it's some Chinese brand. I don't, I don't even know what the name brand of it is. You could probably video or uh, you probably search Wi-Fi camera on Amazon and pop up. Okay. But it's a Wi-Fi camera, not a cell camera. So like a printer admits it's on Wi-Fi signal, uh-huh. this camera admits it's on Wi-Fi signal. So you can be in your stand and link up to your camera and, okay. s- and see what's in front of the camera at that point in time. You can make it start recording from your phone, okay. like from an app. Gotcha. It's, I, I never heard of it, and then the, a guy in our hunting club, his daughter bought it for him. 
Yeah. And I was like, let me know if that thing actually, you know, lasts. Because we yeah. tried it out there at the club, and I was, you know, taking his phone around. He could start a video. I mean, from a pretty good distance. Yeah. So, like, a situation like that, you could have a Wi-Fi camera, but I'm about to shoot. Record. Yeah, record. I mean. Yeah. And get some more footage. That'd be yeah. cool. I, I, I've never heard of those. I'm like, that's incredible. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you for coming on and telling your story. Uh, heck of a buck. So, thank you, sir. Yeah. No problem, man. I enjoyed it. The Bucktails Podcast, brought to you in part by Trick Sporting Goods in Dahlonega, Georgia.